You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. And me, Martin Johnston, over here. Buonanotte. Come stay. Um, si, senorita. Va bene. <laughs> so he went to Italy and he didn't learn any Italian. No, no, I didn't. Um, there was actually a moment um, that I thought I'd try and show off in front of the group. Anyone who knows us too well, a little bit too well, will know that I can speak a little bit of Spanish. So um, I tried pulling out a bit of Spanish when we were asking for directions and had absolutely no idea um, what the response was. I didn't even know <laughs> if they were speaking in Italian or Spanish or something else. Did you just speak me. in Spanish? No, but someone else then asked the same person in English and they told <laughs> they told us so. Um, I mean, they are very close. Uh, yeah. You know, and there are a lot of words that are, you know, basically the same word but pronounced different. Yeah, eight but, glasses you know. of Pinot Grigio, though. It, 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 <laughs> it tends to, to muddle your words a little bit. But you had an amazing holiday. Oh, it's fantastic. Malchesney in... Um, uh, it's a little town just in Lake Garda. Um, incredible wedding. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a wedding that went oh, for. Oh, it was a not, wedding, right. Not, okay. not mine, I should say. Um, yeah, it was really good. And I ate so much um, bread and... Um, in oil and vinegar, and so much pizza, and so much wine, and so many fancy boy Italian beers. Bread in oil and vinegar, listen to you. <laughs> With a little finger in the air. We <laughs> uh, oui, senor. This is my... Signora. 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 What is this? Signorini. It's my, it's, I, I, I have a thing about Italian, I've done beginners Italian four times and never carried on. Non è possibile per me. It's not possible for me. Alf saying Pat. To learn Italian, clearly. Um, so, let's get down to it. Yes, we We should. know that this is a difficult league. Yeah. It's not going to be straightforward. But to win, to lose two games in a row, not heavily, but let's say comprehensively, not a good thing. Do you know what? You're right to say it's not going to be straightforward. What I think would be even more accurate would be to say... The conference, there are going to be spells in the conference where it ain't going to be pretty. Um, Chorley, I can guarantee you, was one of the ugliest games I've seen. Not because of ridiculous tackles or what. It was just, it, it was just a nothing game. It was boring. It was, I think, County lacked creativity and so on and so forth. We don't need to revisit it. Um, obviously, I wasn't there at the Aldershot game. Um, followed it on a couple of Twitter accounts and. You know, I've seen a, a few clips and whatnot since then, but um, by all accounts, County, especially in the first half, reverted to that "it's not pretty" analogy. Second half, things um, kind of pick up a bit, and um, you know, Joe Piggott comes on, and he's you know looking like he could be something of a player if County can find a way to use him and make use of him in the correct ways. Joel Leesley, very good player that Jim's kept his arm for a while, has come into the squad, which was something we couldn't speak about last week, but he's now played, so it's it's all well and good. Um but it just he just needs to get up to speed a little bit and get into the, the rhythm of the squad. But I think by and large, yeah, it's not going to be straightforward all season. That's always going to be football unless you're um you know a Liverpool or Man City fan. It seems at the minute things are a, a, a little hard to come by. But it's not going to be pretty. 
you are going to see some performances and county have shown in recent weeks uh, and in recent months that they can dig in deep and they can show resilience and grit and determination but that's going to be tested a little more this season than it was last season um, and it's just about making that step up now yeah it's interesting what you say with Leesley and, and Piggott having to get up to speed I was listening to a Liverpool podcast today and they were saying that you know the other side of not making any signings of course is that you don't have to bed anybody in yeah. You don't have to, you know, you've got what you you've got, you know what you've got, you know what they can do, you know where they'll do it. And that's that's always hard at this level for all the teams because you know there's always a lot of horse trading. Players will come come in all throughout the season, you know, people come on loan, they go away. You know, Jim's trying to get the absolute best he can for his budget, but it does make make it difficult as you say from what I, you know, from what I read, Piggott and Leesley look like players and Leesley comes with a big Reputation, but it it will take a while for them to to bed in. Yeah, um, and we should we should we, in fact we we probably should have started with saying um, Leesley has has come in and he's a great player and he's one to watch and everything else. Um, but it it's incredibly sad news that Jake Kirby's had to step away from the game and it's been, I think, I think it, it's it's um, you you get a, a an impression of how big a news this is um, and just how how bad it is for Jake and, and for everybody involved with the club really because it's been quite widely picked up I've seen BBC articles numerous BBC articles and, and all the clubs that he's been involved with have either tweeted or put something on the website or whatever because a 25 year old exciting winger happened to having to step out of the game because of persistent injuries you know it, it does make you just realise that these guys are human and just because they're having injury problems or uh, form isn't going, what you know, to, to the to to, to the, the way it would be like, you know, the way they'd like it to go, it doesn't make them bad people. It, it you know, it makes them go home and they they might be struggling with things. So the fact that Jace had to step away um, is is not nice. Jim mentioned last week that the club were going to stay in touch with him and see how it goes. You know, it doesn't look great in terms of a football future for him, but who knows in a couple of years? Who knows what's going to happen? But. Uh, all the players very quick to jump out in support of him. So, um, best wishes really to Jake. But then you're right to say, ultimately, this is football. Players do come and go, and we will see players come in over the years and at different speeds under different managers. Jim Gannon liked to keep a lot of it together, but he was always going to have to add. That squad was a small squad. Moving up a level collectively meant they were going to struggle. Uh, they were going to come across tough spells, and that's why he's enforced with Joe Piggott and Joel Easley. Um, Joe Piggott got man of the match uh, last weekend. He'd only been on the pitch 15 minutes. So that's the kind of impact that we know he can bring. Didn't sound like it was Niall Bell's day, but we know he's got it in his locker. Maybe just needs a bit of bit of time away from the team. I don't know. Didn't see it. So can't say too much. But um, He's one to watch, Joe Piggott, for sure. Joel Easley will only get fitter and better the more he plays the more he he works with Elliot Osborne Joe Piggott now Bell Conor DeMayo Frank Mulhern all these players that play off him and around him so a lot of positive to go from but ugly couple of weeks and it, it, we've got to put that right this weekend against Boreham Wood yeah those ugly couple of weeks can you know work in your favour as well you know that you can win ugly you can you know you just as you say you just got to stay mentally tough and yeah, just to be fair to you, you were always a big fan of, of Jake. And, uh, you know, we from this podcast, we, we both wish him well. And, and as you said, you know, we never really get on anyone's backs, but it's easy for a fan in the ground to, to get on, you know, get on any player's backs. And none of us know what's going on in the background, how fit they are, what's going on with the families or anything like that. So yeah. we really do wish him well. 
Um, so we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Uh, let's listen to your interview, Chris, now with Jim Gallen. Uh, Jim, another tough day at the office at the weekend. Uh, another game. Council haven't come away with any points. Just to settle a little bit, just just tell us your thoughts on Saturday. Yeah, uh, I think we're all really disappointed because um, we had an empty week. We worked really hard on a lot of things and um, it just didn't seem to come together at all on Saturday. Um, credit to Borum, they, they, they looked like they'd freshened up. They looked like they had a bit of a spring in their step. Uh, they looked like they got energised by the goals. Um, and we've seen us do that in at Wrexham and here against Fires, you know, kind of take your chances, get 2-0 up, and then that gives you something really strong to hold on to. So, um, But a very difficult game from our perspective because when I looked at the team, I was quietly confident that was a really strong team. And if we could pose that front four on the opposition, the, the, the back four and the two looked like, you know, the six that we've been playing all season with the goalkeeper and thought, well, that's got solidity and goal, a clean sheet in it. Uh, just really disappointed that we looked as vulnerable as we did and, and as lacklustre and toothless as we did. So I still haven't really fully assessed everything and what needs to be done, uh, but there's a lot of work to be done, a lot of correction. I've, but I've got to focus really on the, the sharp side. What can I do within two training sessions to get the maximum change round as we can? Because it's really important now that we don't go in like into a little uh, poor run um, and the two results so far uh, suggest that we're in that run and what we want to make sure is that we don't continue on it. Well, without giving too much of the game plan away, how how do you start to work on that? Like like you say, it's now two defeats. Um, the second one, you, you look at the team and you think, we can probably take something here and it's not happened. So how do you begin doing that as, as a manager working with these players who you've known the majority of them for a long time? Where, where do you start? Well, I think we're getting to that stage now where you know, perhaps the levels of fitness is as good as it can be. Uh, perhaps the levels of freshness aren't. Um, the levels of medical fitness, you know, like in people like, say, for example, Frank and, and Niall and um, even Joe Piggott who's picked up an injury playing for uh, Wiggins under 23s. Um, that, that side of it, we need players to get back to full fitness. But um, I think the big challenge for me really is that I think we've seen, not just with ourselves, but other teams that, if you play 4-4-2, you put a bit of pressure on the opposition centre-halves, but then you lose out and perhaps the overload in midfield. If you play a 4-2-3-1, you, you, you're solid in midfield, but then you lose out and the pressure on the centre-halves. Um, other teams have played different shapes to try and get the, the, the two against the, the opposition centre-halves, but also create that. But you're changing shape. Um, so we, we, we're going to have to find um, the best group of players and the best shape for them to make sure that we have um, the right players in the right place without relying on the shifting patterns. Um, because when we get de-energised and get pulled apart, we look like we're not able to stay together as a team. And I, I think the thing that's shown or felt felt for me in the last two games is there was times when we looked like we were short of a player. Um, so if we haven't got that running power and that physicality, then we have to play a shape that means the players are a little bit more connected, a little bit closer together. And that might lean, leaving weaknesses on the sides um, and keep the, keep the strength down the middle or the strength on one side to keep... Uh, but that means weaker on one side. So um, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, but we've got to try and find the right blend to get 
enough physical pressure on the opposition, but also make sure that we're solid and that we don't leave any gaps and we don't get pulled apart. And that's a, it's a real challenge that we've been working on in training the last couple of days. County rallied, if that's the right term, towards the end of the game against Aldershot. They got they got the goal and there was a chance off the line and a few other efforts. Did that give you a sense that there is fight in the squad, there is belief that they can go forward and, and get wins, as we've seen them do so many times over the last few months and seasons now, where maybe the game looks lost and they get a draw or they get a win? Um, yeah, but I, I still think that we, we left ourselves a lot to do second half. Um, you know, any level, 2-0 uh, can sometimes be a dangerous lead because you think the game's almost won um, and then if the opposition get a goal then it's um, it's nervous time. I think we did enough to score. Um, did we do enough in the second half to really go and win the game or really take any more off of Bournemouth, sorry, off of um, Oldershot than we deserved? Uh, probably not because they had a couple of chances in the first half could have really put the game to bed and they also had a couple of chances in the second half or a couple of threats in the second half. But um, but the real the real problem for me wasn't that the opposition took the points. Um, I think in many ways uh, uh, in the last two games that it's been our drop in performance that's been the concern, the reason perhaps we lost the games. Not the opposition being better than us. It's just on the day they worked harder, did more than us um, to affect the game, and I think that's where we've got to find some solution to that. Um, we've given the lads a break on Monday. We've um, change the training slightly, uh, we might change the shape slightly, maybe one or two of the personnel might change to give us um, a little bit more energy, a little bit more craft, a bit more of an aggressive shape when we need to have it. Um, so we're, we're looking for a solution. A couple of new guys in the squad in recent weeks. Joe Piggott has come in and I think a lot of people, OK, Charlie was a tough game for him, but he, he raised a few eyebrows, Joe Piggott in particular, when he was on the pitch at the weekend, he got a goal and people thought he looked like a threat. Just give us your assessment of him at the moment. Delighted from him. Like I said, he's a, he's a very good all-round player. Um, I think um, in any particular team, when you're playing as a sole nine, it's a it's a huge challenge for you to be the link man, the penetrator, um, especially if a team doesn't control the game enough to be able to move the ball up without you. Um, obviously, not, we want to favour our own players as much as we can to get them up to match speed, give them the confidence, give them the opportunities. So there was always a chance to um, li- li- you know, Joe was going to play. Um, could we play both of them? Could we rely on both of them to last the game? That was going to be the challenge for us. Um, um, but we're trying to get Nile up to match speed, up to ninety minutes uh, for when we don't have Joe or we don't have um, Frank. Um, but uh, I thought Joe came on at the right time. Uh, we were able to get him up front when they were a little bit like maybe sat back a bit and we got a little bit more ball, ball into the front players we got in around their back four a little bit more Joe took his goal brilliantly um, I suppose for many people it's sort of a, a testament to how the game went that a sub gets man of the match because I think in the first half nobody really did anything to catch the imagination in terms of uh, and that really just shows you how across the board how flat the performance was um, but no it was great for him and it's just so disappointing that um Wigan obviously decided to play him in an under-23 game yesterday and um, and he's picked up a knock and uh, he's been pulled out of training tonight. So that's disappointing just when the lads um, 
uh, earned himself an opportunity to start on Saturday um, for him to to pick up a knock and and him not to be able to assimilate himself and and get involved in what we're trying to achieve in terms of for Saturday. So, um, but there, there'll be changes Saturday anyway because I think um, it's time now for for us to freshen things up and um, perhaps have a look at um, finding a solution to having better possession, uh, better movement of the ball back to front. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out uh, on Thursday and Saturday. Well, on that, on that, then the shape of the squad, and if 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 Joe has a knock, and you mentioned Frank Mulhern, fitness issues. What physically are we looking at? If if there's if there's injuries, if if a knock is meaning an injury, are we going to be without him for Saturday? And Frank, how's he looking? And and the, and the squad in general. Frank, Frank's uh, trained tonight. Trained full session. Really good. Um, it looks like he's overcome the major part of. Um, the injuries. Funny, I've had such a busy couple of days. I was on a course on Monday night, and then today I was at the Manchester Institute of Health and Performance, and what a setup there! I was on there for an LMA masterclass for the pro license again, and um, but that's where we sent our two lads to get diagnosed and, and corrected, and um, it's paying off. Um, I think now looks um, he can get through a game without any. Uh, imbalances in his body that creates um, symptoms of injury. Uh, Frank um, is, is, is done his rehab in terms of correcting the muscle imbalances, the walk imbalances from from uh, the podiatrist's um, instructions, um, and he looked really strong today. So really good to have both of them up to speed because it's the one area where I felt that we've been lacking uh, for, from from the start of the season, and it's really important those guys get to train more regularly and to play better and more football because. That's the only way they're going to become better footballers. Uh, so it's good to have them. I think Joe will be fine for the weekend. But again, um, it depends on whether this is just a knock. Um, you know, um, if we've been more aware of the injury, or then perhaps the injury could have been treated treated quicker, um, and he may well have been able to 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 train tonight. But again, sometimes young players they, they get a knock and think I'll be fine, and um, and you're not. So. Um, but yeah, everybody else is fighting fit. I think the um, you know the one thing that perhaps we got to overcome is maybe a little bit of mental bruising for some. Uh, again, you know, on this course today was all about health and well-being and about uh, and and I think we've seen with Jake Kirby and many other issues that have gone on over the last couple of weeks. We we got to be looking at the mental side of things and making sure that we stay positive, stay confident, keep working hard on creating the right sort of energy, both physically and mentally, to, to go about our business and win games. Um, I think we've shown uh, certainly signs of, of, of players with the right physical and mental energy and appetite and uh, abilities. So we, we just need to make sure that we discover that much more uh, and keep that strong mentality going into the next couple of games because it's going to be critical for us so that we don't create any uh, feeling of momentum going the other way. On that then, uh, looking at the weekend, Boreham Wood, um, the place to go. What do we know about the hosts this weekend? What what in particular have you got your eye on? Well, they're, they're a reasonably good side. I mean, they've had an indifferent start, but they've had two good wins and a good draw. So they're they're in a, a, a confident mood. Um, they've got some Tishy Manga start the season off brilliantly with a couple of, a couple of goals early on in, in a couple of games. Um, like every team, they've got They've got their qualities. Um, on a day, they can be, they can win a game. Um, uh, it's always a little bit more difficult when you go away from home, making sure you do things right to make sure that the balance of energy 
balance of uh, fitness and everything is, is correct and you're making sure that the travel has no effect on the result. Um, my memories of Boreham Woods pitch is that it's an excellent surface. Um, it's been used by a lot of Premier sites. Um, and uh, so the condition of the pitch would be great. I think we're looking at a fantastic Saturday weather, 25 degrees in London. So perfect conditions really for a great game of football. Um, but again, a physically demanding game because, um, you know, it'll be fast, furious, um, good pitch, uh, hot weather. Um, like I said, it's, uh, it's going to be important that we have um, a good 16 to 17 players in good shape because we'll need all the maximum 14 players, I think, come this Saturday. Just finally, you mentioned at the top there that we we don't want to get into a bad run, and if 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 we do lose at the weekend, then it's looking like it could be the beginning of a bad run. If we win at the weekend, is that the two losses forgotten, and we can be, begin to build again? Well, what, what we have to understand, and this is where I said to the lads at the end of the game, um, you know, I didn't come in rant and rave, and there was lessons to be learned. And um, what the danger is is that when you've got a team that perhaps has this perception of momentum. Uh, brings forward a lot of qualities and structure and um, confidence and and everything that goes with what we achieved last year. Uh, you can carry that forward, and then there comes a point when perhaps you you lose one or two games, uh, and which is a new feeling for a lot of players. Um, and it's how they handle that and how I handle it, and then, and you know how the fans handle it and the board handle it and everybody handles it because we've got to recognise that as you go up a level that there's going to be potentially more losses, more performances where you don't get the results um, and this is where the you know the, the danger for those teams I mean I presented to the board quite a while back about the dangers of promotion how many managers that have been promoted as even even as champions um, I've lost their jobs within six months because the perception is that they or the team are failing uh, when really you've got to judge us about whether we are getting the best out of ourselves uh, within our budget within our structures and it, uh, if we're doing that, then we should be mindful of just making sure that we're we're, we're confident that we're giving everything and we're doing the best of our ability. Um, so that, that I, I'm very conscious of protecting my players from the de-energising nature of, of perhaps a couple of defeats. And um, that's something that they've got to psychologically deal with. And it's something that perhaps that some of them haven't had to deal for for a while, you know, having a, a flat performance or two flat performances, having two defeats. Having three defeats in a row uh, can sometimes create its own uh, negative energy, which uh, gets built upon by all the pessimistic and negative people. So uh, we've got to remain positive and just concentrate on what we do, make sure that we are um, doing everything right, and make sure that we don't, we can only control what we control and make sure that we do what we do, do, do as well as we can. And then we can look ourselves in the face and say, look, we, we're doing what we do. Um, if we keep doing what we'll do, we'll win more games than we lose. And um, that's what I'm quietly confident is that this group has, has had a flat period and now what we have to do is just make sure we recover really well now um, and show good character, uh, good appetite, good good energy and just go about making sure that we don't we give ourselves every chance of creating the opportunity to, to not just um, get something out of the game but to win it. Big game as ever this weekend, Jim. All the very best. Thanks so much. So Chris, you won't be able to um, to pick a player of the week. It sounds like it it was Joe Piggott, and but it does sound like there's plenty more to come from him. Yeah, um, Jim obviously highly rates him. He's obviously seen more of him than we have. But um, everywhere you turn, you hear 
reviews of this kid. You know, when when he was at Altrincham briefly last season, when County signed him, a load of Altrincham accounts tweeting out that County have signed a a real player here, and um, you know that's that, that that's one to keep an eye on um, as the season goes on. So uh, really happy that that we've got someone of that stature in the in the ranks and in the books, and it's another young player that Jim can develop and uh, and he can mould. Whether it'll turn into a permanent, whether it'll turn into a longer one in the season or whatever remains to be seen. But it really looks like a player that we should make use of while we've got him. And so in terms of one to watch, I presume um, you're going to fancy to have a, a really good look at Joe Leasley. It's a toss-up really, isn't it, between Joe Leasley and Joe Piggott. You expect both of them to progress in stature. Um, it, it's almost like... Um, well, we've got two players there that, that want to prove something. You know, Joe Piggott scored on his home debut um, after not really getting into the game against Chorley, so he's going to now want to kick on. Joel Easley, I think, from the reaction I've seen, will feel like he's well-respected, but he wants to show more. Um, I'm always going to favour the number nine as a guy who likes attacking football. I would probably say he's the one to watch over Joe Leasley. He's probably keeping out Piggott just because he's the goal scorer, but it wouldn't surprise you to see either one of them handing a man of the match performance on Saturday so a trip down south to yeah. Boreham Wood have you been there before no any, what do you know about Boreham Wood um, that I don't want to go <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely honest um, just think back to those uh, long days of July when there was no football yeah yeah I know. that's what you have to remember well I'm, I'm, I'm I mean I know you've got to spend time with Lando in the you know, minibus <laughs> I actually don't I actually don't, <laughs> oh, don't this week right. no um, I'm in London can I give it a plug uh, you I'm going to give it a plug. I'm in London this weekend. For give the, London a plug. Not enough people go yeah, there. Not enough people in London. No, I'm, I'm at the um, Ultimate Boxer tournament with BT Sport this weekend in, in London on Friday night. So um, I'm going to travel up to Boreham Wood um, for for the game on Saturday. Don't say we don't put the hours in. Um, but I think I think there's reason for you know for, there's reason to cheer. It's not a glamorous place, Boreham Wood. Uh, you know they're a club that don't go down well on social media when their, their owner comes out with bizarre statements of um, we don't have enough fans, you know, the, fact that the, the fans don't treat the club or whatever it was he was saying about the, the fans not coming and showing enough support. And I think that's... Having a go at your own fans, that's always a winner. <laughs> it's just something you, you know, you, there's certain things you don't do, you know, you, you don't talk money, you don't talk politics, you don't talk religion and you don't slate your own fans. That, these are things that you just yeah. stay in your lane. You're a football club, so stay in your lane. But um, he did... Um, so, but 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 for county, it's it's a reminder that we're now doing national travel again. Um, I mean, we've got a reason to to be joyous, really. We've we've lost two games against clubs low down in the division, um, but the mood is still buoyant because we've we're on the rate we're on the the crest of a promotion wave. You know, nobody's calling for the manager. Nobody's saying that players need to go or whatever. Everyone is still very very supportive. They've seen what the project that's going on here is. So. I think it's just a case of using that mentality, taking it on the road to a place that is is often quite lazily referred to as boring wood because it's it, it's not, it, with all due respect to them, it's, it's not a glamorous place. But they're, they're here on merit. Um, we've got to go and show that we're here on merit. And when I say here, I don't just mean in this division, but I mean in the top half of the division. And it's time now to kick on f- a little bit further up into that. Well, absolutely. You look at the the teams in this division, and there's some some big history there. You know, we've, we're talking we've talked about Wrexham, you know, talking about Aldershot County, and you know, as you say, they're on merit. So 
they're there on merit they're making their history right now so you know there'll, there'll be no mugs fair play to them so music goes here Music goes here. Music goes here. Bum, 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 bum. Who, tell us about A. Did you get Who's the Hatter last week? Yeah. You did? I did. Uh, who was it? it I, I'm going to go with Brad Jones. It yeah. was Brad Jones, goalkeeper Brad Jones. Um, he went to Liverpool from County, played for his country. Um, it made sense that it was Brad Jones. But this week. Is he not in Holland now, I think? Did he go? I think he went to Holland a couple of years ago and he's playing in Eredivisie now, I think. I'm pretty sure. Get in touch on Twitter about that as well, let us know. But I think... Yeah, Brad, if you're listening. Yeah, he went to Willem Durr or somewhere like that and uh, was playing in the Eredivisie last, he, last um, I saw. If I'm honest, his time in county, I, I, I think he'll probably be quite keen to forget it. <laughs> and I was quite surprised to see him when he got when he got the big move to Liverpool. But fair play to you. You got to play for Liverpool and you got to play for your country. So yeah, I'm not going to knock that. Um, but this week, this is a this is a tricky one. I mean, I know it because, of course, and I know. Who's I know thrown it out there for us? Um, it's Ian Dowden, who um, who actually gave us the um, Anthony Pulis one uh, the other week. But I know who this one is, but I'm not sure if anybody else will. So we're going to put this out there at SCF at live SCFC on Twitter on the podcast on uh, whatever means it is that you find. This you can comment podcast. on podcast on uh, Mixcloud where the podcast is, yeah. where it lives, its little house. And you can you can you can comment anywhere really. Yeah. You, you can um, just don't come round here. You don't come round to Martin's house. Send send a letter to uh, Edgeley Park. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. To us. Yeah, we'll get it. And did you remember? Um, you probably don't. You're too far too young on Blue Peter. If you didn't have a, back in the day, you had to send um, entries for competitions on a postcard, but you could also use an envelope. And like stick it down and write it on the back and treat it as a postcard. You can do that if you want. They always say send it to PO box. I mm. don't know what a PO box is. <laughs> you don't know PO boxes? No, it's, it's literally a box with uh, so some offices and and places in town have PO boxes, and you can go there and pick up your mail. Right. Is so that, yeah, is that like, is that like we're, when you we're show going to set up a PO box for this show? We're not going to do social media anymore. <laughs> send it on a postcard yeah I feel like I feel like when you show a, a 12 year old a cassette now and they don't know what it is um, but, but give us Ian's three clues for who's the hatter this week well he's actually given us four. Oh, four. because this playing is playing fast and ru- loose with the rules he is a little rule breaker but uh, th- this is a tricky one um, so clue number one this, this fella played 77 times for Stockport County okay Clue numero dos, he won the league with Stockport County. Okay, so that... So that, you know, that narrows the field. That does narrow the field. Uh, After leaving the game... Now, just listen to this, hear me out. After leaving the game, he ran a string of hairdressing salons around the Wolverhampton area. Is it Jim Gannon? It's not John Kieran, I'll tell you that much. Um, so he played 77 times for County. He won the league with County. After leaving the game, he ran a string of hairdressing salons around the Wolverhampton area. Now, fourth clue, uh, as this is a hard one, a visit to his homeland saw him contract a tropical disease that hospitalised him and put him out of action for over a year. Good Lord, I love the sound. Whoever it is, I love the sound of him. Yeah, a tropical disease sounds like a mm. tornado flu. <laughs> tornado flu, never heard of it. 
Um, I, I think it might be John Kieran, you know. Do you reckon? Yeah. John Kieran? Yeah. The human tornado with a hairdresser. Yeah, indeed. Um, well, so they're the clues anyway. It's really hard, but I know it. You know it. It's really hard, but that is your Who's the Hatter this week. Don't forget, you can join Mr. John Kieran and Mr. Chris Ridgway um, for live coverage of Borehamwood versus Stockport County on Imagine 104.9 FM this Saturday. Chris, thanks. Thanks.